This is how we fight our battles. Say what? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. We have uh, lots of things to thank God for. And there's lots of things to be praying for. We're going to have prayer at the end of the service um, and for several things. I'm going to be talking about the names of God today. And we're going to be at the end of the service. We're going to have a prayer for those things of people who need, need uh, prayer, prayer for those particular things. And um, we're going to be praying, you know, right, you know, we need to pray for the Gulf Coast, you know, there's lots of things. We need to pray for Afghanistan. There's all kinds of things that we need to be praying for, um, for God to help and to bless us and to strengthen us. Good to see you, Joey. Go better and have a good time, buddy, all right? I love you, man. All right. All right, that made, that made my day when the little kids come running over to me, boy, just to, jump, just to come say hey to him because I hadn't seen him in a while. That's so awesome. But we are going to talk, to talk today about their, uh, the names of God. I think I, I may have preached this maybe four or five years ago, but it's not on video, and I wanted to be able to put it on video, and I've had several of y'all ask me about it and um, want to hear this. And so we're going to talk about the names. There's so many names of God, um, and we're going to talk about a lot of them today. Um, and I'm believing at the end of service we'll be able to pray for some of those things. You know, so I know that some of you in this very room have some, some situations that, that will warrant that. Um, and we, we're going to be, at the very end, we're going to be also praying for Jay. I know Sherry, Sherry's online. At the, um, before we go off the air, we're going to have um, somebody standing for Jay, and we're going to be praying for him as, as well. So, um, also, um, I was call, got called this week, and was t- um, that we got some, some friends from Creekwood that watch us every week, and they called this week and said, man, we're watching you every week. We love what you're doing, and we appreciate that. So, man, shout out to our friends at Creekwood. We love you guys. Come on, give them, give them a hand. Yeah, Miss Glendora, we love we love that group over there, and we want to help them all that we can um, whenever we have the ability to. Um, but they're just some precious people, man. I, just, I I don't know why out of all out of all the different places we went into the inner city and did things, I just connected my heart with them for some reason the most. But the names of God, um, Romans ten thirteen says, "Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." That's a powerful name. That at that name. You know, you should be saved. You can call upon the name of the Lord, and you can receive salvation and miss hell for eternity just by calling and accepting the name of Jesus on your life, right? You know, um, and so I love that, that at the name, also, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord one day, even demons. That's a powerful name, right? Um, and we, we need to use that name more often. And, and, the, and because that name Jesus, the Word of God says that name is a, the name above every name. So whatever you're going through, whatever your situation is, there's a name that's above that. I'm dealing with this, 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 and that. Whatever you name what you're going through, Jesus is above that. And we can, we can surrender to that. Um, Lamentations, um, Joshua wrote in uh, Lamentations 3 um, 55 through 57 but I called on your name Lord from the deep within the pit you heard me when I cried listen to my pleading hear my cry for help yes you came when I called you told me do not fear so I want to tell you today there's a lot of stuff going on that's trying to create fear the enemy's trying to divide we talked about it last week there's a spirit um, in, in this world right now that's trying to divide divide many things but he's, he's mostly trying to divide the church and, the, and, and, and as we say all the time, you know, do not fear is in the Bible 365 times. 
one for every single day. So you do not never have to fear anything because of God and because you serve the name that's above that name. And whenever you're in a pit, you're down, you're out, you, you feel like you're overwhelmed, there's that name and you call upon his name and he will hear your cry for help and he will rescue you. Now, there's a bunch of different names. Names are, are symbolic with different things. When I, when I say Hulk, everybody thinks about the green monster, right, that gets angry and, you know, and he's strong. You know, whenever I say on the opposite of the spectrum, when I, think of, when I say Winnie the Pooh, you think about a little Pooh Bear, right, That's like, that gets his hand stuck in the honey, gets stuck in there, can't eat, can't get out. You know, um, but if I said King Henry VIII, you would think about a big old huge turkey leg that you get down at, 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 at Magic Kingdom, right? You know, if I said the jack of all trades, you would think so. You you would know that that's somebody who fixes everything. So there's the name. When there's a name with something, it, it refers to something else. Let me make it even easier for you. Um, my name is Doug or Douglas. You know, my given name. And so um, if someone, if 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 my daughter or my son said Dad, my name is still Doug, but there's a part of Doug that is Dad. Okay, so when my daughter or my son says Dad, there's a part of me that responds to that calling. Okay, when, whenever my wife says, you know, this is my, my husband, Doug, I, I know what that, then I'm responding as the husband part of Doug. If, if you know, maybe if, if my, uh, my sister says, this is my brother, Doug, I'm responding as a brother. You know, um, if you could say pastor, Doug, I'm responding from a pastoral role. You know, there's different roles that we have. And in my friend, matter, matter of fact, I'm a, cha I'm a chaplain with the PD and the sheriff's department. When they say pa I'm chaplain Falk, I respond not as pastor, but as chaplain right? And so there's all these names that are in me, that, that are part of me, and you can say Doug, the chaplains can say Doug, you know, um, you know the, 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 uh, my sister can say Doug, but when that, whenever they said this is my brother Doug, there's, it's a different special need there, right? Um, and so whenever you call on a doctor, your doctor, your, your primary doctor has, you know, has, has everything, right? They kind of know a little bit about everything, but sometimes you call them the specialist part of a doctor, and you say, I need a podiatrist. I need some foot issues. I have some foot issues. A psychologist, maybe with some mental health, you know. Um, a dermatologist, you know, for, for your skin. And you're, so you're calling them upon a, a doctor, but you're calling them upon a special part of the doctor. So what I want you to know today is that whenever you pray here in the future, I want you to know that, yes, you can say God. Yes, you can say Jesus. But I want you to know that there's a special part of, of Jesus. There's a special part of God that you can call on that specializes in really what you need. And so I want, you, I want to give you some background. I want to do just some teaching today to you. And then at the end, even though we're doing teaching, I believe we're going to have an altar call at the end to be, for you to be able to respond to some of these things. Some of these things. And, I, and what I'm going to talk to you about today, I want you to understand more the character of God. This is a conversation we're sitting down that you can have and you can learn more about the character of God and who He is. Because the more you know about God, the closer you can become to Him. The word El, E-L, is in about 200 times by itself in the Bible, and it means strong and mighty. So whenever you see El something, it's the strong and mighty whatever. The word Elohim is Hebrew, and it means um, God of creation. So the first three chapters, Genesis I mean, 1, 2, and 3, where it's all about the God of creation. So you'll see Elohim a whole lot in the Hebrew, if you're reading Hebrew text, in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And then after 3, then you're going to start seeing Jehovah, okay? Um, or if you see Elohim after that, it's going to be combined with, with, with um, Jehovah. Um, El Shaddai. El means strong and mighty, right? But El Shaddai is the God Almighty, or the blessed one, or the one who satisfies El Shaddai also means the many-breasted one, 
okay, or the one who nourishes. What it's saying is there's in God, there, there is, there's God the Father, right? But also in God, there is a nurturing side of him. There's a nurturing side of him that satisfies it can, and can help us and nurture us. You have, you have the word El Elyon, which this title stresses God's strength and God's sovereignty and supremacy. Um, in Genesis 14, 20 and Psalms 9 and 2, it, it says the God most high. Okay, so the God most high, when you see the God most high, and you go, if you go to the Hebrew text, you would see that it's, it's, it's spelled El Elyon. Then you have Adonai. Adonai is, is mentioned about 439 times in the Old Testament, um, and, 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 and it's used in the New Testament. Adonai means Lord. So most of the time when you see the word Lord, it is, talk, it is using Adonai a lot of times. It signifies ownership, mastership. That's where we get the Lord of Lords and King of Kings is from that word, you know. Um, and, and it was also used in conjunction, or instead of, I'm sorry, instead of Yahweh. Because Yahweh is a very sacred word to, 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 to the Jews. And whenever they would write, they would write, you know, the word Yahweh. They wouldn't even use that pen no more. They would put that pen aside because that word was so sacred that when they wrote Yahweh, we spell it Y-A-W-E-H, but it was actually spelled with no vowels. Y-W-H. Um, Y-H-W-H. Y-H-W-H. Okay? Um, and it was so sacred, and, 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 you know, and we'll talk more about that in a second. But also, there's another word in the Bible that's called Emmanuel. You know, at Christmas, we say, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. It's God with, it means God with us, right? God with us. And then you have a word that the, you have a word that the Jews use a lot, and it's Yeshua. Yeshua. And it's the God of rescue. You know, the Jews are really into the Torah, which is the five books of the Bible, right? And, you know, in the five, first five of the books of the Bible, what happens? God rescues the Egyptians, right, out of Egypt, the God of rescue, the God of deliverer, a God of salvation. It's a Hebrew name for Jesus, Yeshua, or actually um, Yahshua, you know, almost like Joshua. And then you have that word Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, and it's a name for God, meaning the existing one, Okay. This is, this is from the same English verb that we get, I am. Where we, you know where God says, I am? He's talking about Yahweh right there. It, sing, it signifies his presence and his accessibility. It's breath. Do you know whenever you, whenever you breathe in, like you get scared, you actually are really saying Yahweh if you really pay attention to it? It's like, <gasps> seriously, you know, <gasps> you know, you take that big deep. It's, it sounds just like Yahweh. And that you're just, that's, that's the breath, and you're, you're actually signifying that, right? Um, then you have Jehovah. The word Jehovah, if you, if you see the word L-O-R-D, all in capital letters, that is signifying the word Yahweh. But if it's all in lower letters, then it's more Jehovah. And the word, the word Jehovah is written 6,823 6, times in the Old Testament. Um, B being the God of Revelation. You know, so on and so on. So, so if you see the word, um, the word God, typically that's going to be Elohim. But if you see the word Lord God, it's Adonai Yahweh. It's kind of, it's kind of weird there. So that's just a little background of some of those little more intricate words. But I want to talk to you next for, for I'm going to give you four today, and then I'm going to give you five next week of, of the words of, of the Jehovah words, okay? The very first word I want to talk to you about is the one that most of us use most of the time is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. When you need provision for God, I typically pray and call out that, that name. God, I need provision. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, I need you. And I call out on that specific part of God. 
And, and it, is, it comes from Genesis 22 and 13, whenever Abraham took his son Isaac up to the altar to get sacrificed, because God said, sacrifice your son. He took him up there. You know, he, took, he, took, he took the axe up and was going, going to come down, and he heard a ram in the thicket, and it stopped him. And he said, Abraham. And so he, he looked over there, um, and, and he, the, the ram, he sacrificed a ram instead of his son. So God provided a ram for the sacrifice. Jehovah Jireh, God, Jehovah Jireh provided that. And in um, Exodus 14 and 21, God, whenever the Israelites needed to cross the Red Sea, he provided a path, Jehovah Jireh. In Exodus 16 and 31, they needed food in the wilderness, and God provided manna. Manna means, you ever seen, they talk about how the ravens brought, brought food and stuff to them, and it was like a little, it was like a little honey cracker. And, and the manna means what is it? Right? Because, you know, they probably picked it up and said, what is this? You know? But, it, but, but, but that's what it means is what is it? And it was manna, and it was, it was from for the quail. I said ravens, I'm sorry. Quail brought those crackers and dropped them to them every day, and you could only eat that day's worth. It wouldn't last till the next day. No matter how much you got, the next day it would be bad. It was really cool. But that was Jehovah Jireh did that. Um, Exodus 17, God provided water from a rock. He, Jehovah Jireh. They needed water, and he provided for them. Um, in Acts 1 and 9, Jesus ascended into heaven, and God, Jesus said, you know what? I've got to go away, but I'm going to leave you, or I'm going to provide for you a comforter. And that was the Holy Spirit. So he provided Jehovah Jireh a comforter. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he says, No temptation has taken you, but such is common to man. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be greater than you can bear without providing a way of escape. Right? In Revelation, he talks about providing a way for, out of this world. And you may say, well, Pastor Doug, I'm not going to sacrifice my children, so I don't need a sacrifice. I don't need him to provide a sacrifice for that. But you know what? God does ask us to sacrifice. He says, I want a sacrifice of praise from you. And, you know, and, we need to, we need, and then when we sacrifice our praise and we, and we give God praise even when we don't feel like it, he, and he promises because we sacrifice that he inhabits the praises of his people. Pastor Doug, well, I don't need a Red Sea opened. Well, you know what? But maybe you need a door to open in your life. Maybe you need a mountain moved. Maybe there's obstacles that you need to cross and get through, you know, and you need to get out of the way. Maybe your finances you need to overcome. All those are ways that God can provide for you, you know. And when you do that, God, I need my finances. I need this. I need these kind of things, you know, um, a door open. I need this mountain to move, God. You know, I need you to make a path for me. That's Jehovah Jireh. You know, also you may say, well, I ain't eating the little honey crackers. You know, honey graham crackers are good, but, but, but you know, you're not eating those crackers. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have that need for that physical food because I have food in my, in, my, in my pantry. But you know what? Maybe you need God to provide some meat of the word. When you study, say, God, g give me the meat of the word. And when I begin to study, I want you to let that, that word just feed me and satisfy my soul. And we all need a Savior to provide a way. And we need Holy Spirit to help us with the traps. I often pray, God, I, Holy Spirit, I, I need you to provide a ways that I can see traps before I fall into them. I say, God, Jehovah Jireh, I'm going to go through today, and there's going to be, their enemies got traps set out everywhere for me, left and right. And I pray that you provide me a, a, the vision I need to be able to see those traps before I fall into them. So we need to pray, and you need to talk to God. I don't know what your need is today, but at the end of the service, if you need provision for something in your life, we're going to pray that God provides that for you, and that he can provide whatever you need, whether it's an open door, a path, you know, you know finances, you know, you know, whatever, whatever you need provided. And then the second word of the four is Jehovah Rapha. 
You know, some spell it with, with the E and some spell it with an A. Okay, I, there's, so, there's so much controversy, I, I, I just put it with the E. Um, but, but it's funny because I put it with an E because typically, typically when I spell it, I spell it with an A. But anyway, it's, it's the Lord, my healer. In many places, in the, there's many, many places in the Bible that this word is used. Mark 3 and 3, Jesus healed the man with a withered hand. He had a withered hand, and Jesus told him, you know, put out your hand, and he healed his hand, Jehovah Rapha. In Mark chapter 2, 17, um, Jesus is a great physician, right? He's a great physician. That's why we constantly are saying, especially with situations like, with, with, with like Jay, we're say, we're, I keep saying I believe the report of the Lord because he's a great physician, Right? The doctors can say, this isn't going well. This isn't, well, okay, that's your report. I believe the report of the Lord. And we're going to stand on that and believe that. Right? Because he's a great physician. In Mark chapter, excuse me, Mark chapter 5, verse 32, there was a woman with an issue of blood. Okay? And she came and said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. She didn't even need him to lay hands on her. She had so much faith. If I could just touch the bottom of his, his little skirt, clothe area, his, his robe, if I could just touch it, then I will be healed. And, and she did not give up, and he, she was healed. Matthew chapter 8, 3. Um, the, 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 the man went to Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal He'll, he'll, he'll heal me. And he says, yes, Lord, I'm, yes, I'm willing. And he healed the man with leprosy. Mark chapter 7, 34, there was a man that was deaf and mute, and Jesus healed him. Luke 17, 14, Jesus raised a boy from the dead in a funeral possession. He, he hadn't just died, he, he had died, and he was already in a casket walking, and God healed, stopped the funeral possession, and healed the boy and raised him from the dead. Man, Luke in Luke, he, Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus. I love to call him blind Bart. And blind Bartimaeus, he healed him. And in Isaiah 53 and 5, I think we got the scripture. By, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. You are already healed. Amen. We're believing that. For, for Jay, we're, uh, we're believing he's, he is healed today. You know, you may, but you may say, you know what? You may not have a lot of these things. You may, you may say, you know, I don't have a withered hand, but maybe you have arthritis in your hand or your feet. You may not have an issue of blood, but maybe you have blood pressure issues. You may not have leprosy, but maybe you have cancer. And cancer, leprosy is the cancer of today. That's, it was kind of the same kind of thing. You know, maybe you're not, may not, you're like, well, I'm not possessed by the devil, but maybe you're oppressed by the devil. So that's what people don't understand. If, you, if you're a Christian and you, the blood of Christ is applied to your life, you cannot be possessed. Because if, 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 the de if you're saved and the devil comes into you, he crosses the bloodline and he gets saved. He don't want that, right? So, so therefore, the thing is, is you, you can be oppressed. And that's when the devil comes and just claws at your mind. Just that mental claw, the mental health. You know, just, he, just, he, just, he just puts pressure on you and tries his best to, to try to get you clawing at you. I'm not talking, now, now your husband is not that what I'm talking about, clawing at you, okay? You know, that, that, this constant nagging, aggravating thing. You know, I see Amanda elbowing uh, somebody over there. I'm not talking about Jason, all right? Okay, but maybe you're ADD or ADHD. You know, maybe, maybe you're just sick. You just got a cold. You got, you know, you got whatever, and you just need healing. You know, maybe you have a hearing problem and you're deaf or you're mute. Maybe it might not be a sickness. Maybe you're, you're sick, but not of a physical sickness, but of a broken heart. 
Jehovah Rapha can heal a broken heart. The Word of God says He's near to the brokenhearted. And if you've got a broken heart today, God is right there with you. Rapha is right there beside you. And when you're praying, call upon the name of Rapha. Say, Jehovah Rapha, I need you. I have a broken heart. I have a broken spirit. I'm sick. Why have you? He is capable of healing you mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So let the, him give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness today. The next one is Jehovah Saboeth. Saboeth. And it's the Lord of hosts. Host means hordes. So it says the Lord of hosts, or there's a host of angels. It means there's hordes of angels or hordes of men, right? Bunches of bunches of them. So he's the Lord of hosts. And, but it also means, even better, it means a more better translation is the Lord, my divine warrior. He's the one who fights for us. When the, word, the scripture says, when I am weak, he is strong. That's what I was talking about. And whenever you need, whenever you need to fight a battle, you say, Jehovah Saboeth. You know, and the, you don't have to remember these names. You can say, Lord, you said in your word that you are my divine warrior, and I need you right now. I need the warrior side of my God right now to fight my battles, to be there, to be there and fight for me and help me during this time of, of need. First Samuel 8 and 20, it says, God goes before you to fight the battle. Second Chronicles 32 and 8, it says that, that God fights our battles. Um, Psalms 24 and 8, he is strong and mighty in battle. Second Chronicles 20, the Lord told Jehoshaphat when he was gonna, he was, the battle was not his. He said, Jehoshaphat, this battle's not yours. Matter of fact, I want you to put down all your swords. I want you to put down all your weapons. And I want you to pick up the songbooks. And I want you to go in front of the fighters, in front of the warriors. I want, I want the worship team to go out front and be, begin to sing as y'all go into battle. Man, that's faith right there, ain't it? That's, that's how much God can fight your battles, that you can go singing, sing, sing, singing worship songs right into, in, right into the fire of the battle of your life because God says, I'm fighting your battles for you. But the problem is, is we try to fight battles ourselves. That's where we mess up. He's like, hey, you got this big old warrior. Let me ask you this right here. Do you think at any point in time that whenever someone has a bodyguard that they say, oh, I got this one, why would they do what? No, go ahead, handle that for me, please. You got it. Why would you not use a bodyguard if you had a bodyguard and somebody wants to come beat you up, you know, or trying to fight you, right? God is our bodyguard. He, he's right there. He can fight our battles. We don't need to fight battles ourselves. But God says, I'll fight your battle if you'll let me fight it. But we want to fight it ourselves because we're, we're, we're so full of ourselves. We're so full of pride. We want to show how spiritual we are, how holy we are, how righteous we are. And we go try to fight these battles ourselves. And God's like, I, I'll be right here when you're done. I'll be right here when you're done because you ain't going to win this by yourself. You don't have the power to win this by yourself. You can only fight this through me. So when you're done, son, let me know, and I'll handle it for you. Okay, so we have to yield that to God. David was fighting Goliath, and what David said it. Hey, the battle's not mine. It's the Lord's, and I give it to him. David knew that, and so let him fight your battles, all of them, all your battles. Let God fight your battles. And then the last one is the one that we call on so many times, the one that a lot of you need today. And I love it. I love to say it. It's Jehovah Shalom. It's the God or the Lord of peace. When, you, when I go to, I'm going to Israel in October. Um, and uh, and when, when we go, that's the typical, you know, uh, greeting. Um, peace. You, you say Shalom. You, you, it's so funny. You say when, you say, when you're saying, hey, you're saying, shalom. And then when you leave, you're like, shalom. 
And I'm like, it's the same word, but it means peace. And when you're walking up, you're saying peace unto you. And when you leave, you're saying peace unto you, right? But, but also, there's a greater depth of that peace. Um, in Judges 6 and 24, in Deuteronomy 27 and 6, it defines um, uh, shalom as a wholeness, a wholeness of peace. And sometimes just peace is okay, but sometimes you need the wholeness of peace. You need the, 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 the entirety. You need the perfect peace, right? Um, Joshua had already died, and they had forgotten about who Jehovah Jireh was, the provider. And they were worried, and, and, and um, they were fine just living life and multiplying and, 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 that, and living on the land. That was sufficient. They weren't really dependent on God to do much for him anymore. But there was no common bond for them to unify, and they, they kind of did their own thing. And then Jesus went and talked to, to Gideon and said, Jehovah is with you. Gideon said, no, he's gone. He's not here because if he was here, then we wouldn't be in this mess, right? And, and, and the angel said, peace be with you. And then Gideon built, and, and he felt that peace, and he built an altar right there and called it Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. And Israel, and, and God, the God of peace was with Gideon. Because Gideon, was, matter of fact, when God first found Gideon, he was, he was down in the threshing floor, and we have a whole message on this. But, but he, was behind, he, was, he was behind there, behind a tree, just shaking and trembling. He was terrified, just, just shaking the tree. Just, it was just shaking. He was scared to death behind that tree. But here's what's so funny. That's how we see ourselves. I guarantee you somewhere it's not written, but if you go read Josephus and all the different, kind of, the different books, you'll probably find somewhere that people probably picked on um, Gideon, and they probably called him names, and he probably felt less than, and he probably felt like a nobody. But what's so funny is that's how he felt, and he was shaken and scared. But when Jesus, or when God approached him, he said, Gideon, man of valor. See, God looks at us on who we are and who we can be, not, not who people say we are, not even who we think we are. And God will call you that man or woman of valor. And so, so that peace was there. Ephesians 2 and 14, God says that he is our peace. And he, and he, and he brought the, the, the Jews and the Gentiles together and broke down the hostility between them. Paul, Paul's like, you listen here, God is a God of peace. And you got the Jews over here and the Gentiles over here. And what we need to do is God's going to bring everybody together under one, one, under one name. And he's going to break down the hostility between the two. And we're going to live in unity. Philippians, he's, it says that he's the God that, that gives the peace that passes understanding. And there's not hardly a time when someone says, I don't understand this. Every funeral I preach, every time someone says, I don't understand this, I go straight to the scripture. The peace that passes understanding. Because, and, and y'all probably, hopefully somebody will finally get it. I say it enough. But, but there, there is a level of peace that comes with understanding. I know all the answers. That's only a certain level of peace. And you, you cannot settle for that because God says, that's fine. If you want to settle for just knowing all the answers, that's only, that's only a little piece. But I can give you a piece that passes that understanding. Okay? So quit trying to understand everything and just say, God, I just want to jump in a river of peace because I need that pure whole peace. Jesus um, looked at the water whenever the disciples were there and the storm was there, and he said, peace be still. And the waters, praise Jesus, we need to get called a roach man up here. Stomp that devil on me. You trying to, devil, Jesus, Jesus. Come in many forms, don't you, you serpent roach. The Lord rebuke you. Okay, Cynthia, remind me to call a man or somebody brought a man or something. 
Sneaks in, don't you? They sneak in. That's what it is. The devil's sneaky. So anyway, under my feet. The Word of God says you're under my feet. So anyway, but, but so he said, peace be still. Now I'm still, man, I still, I, I can't read that scripture without separating that. And I'm sorry. When I read that scripture, I know he's probably on the bow and the disciples are behind him. Okay, the disciples are behind him. I just feel, I mean, all he had to say was be still. Okay, but he said, peace be still. So he's saying, be still. I feel like he said, look at the disciples, because th what they were all terrified, right? They thought they were going to drown. I just feel like in, in the spirit, when I read that, I just read it as, he looked at his disciples and said, peace. And then he said, be still. You know what I'm saying? I, feel, I just feel like that, that they were so strong, they were so scared, because if he said, peace be still, and it stopped, they would, they would still be like, okay, what's going to happen next? Is there going to be another wave come, you know? But he looked at them and said, peace. And that, 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 that Jehovah Shalom of God just looked at them and said, peace. And then he said, to the winds and the waves, be still. That just makes so much more sense to me. You know, and we really don't know what in that moment, but just in my mind, when I read it, every time I read it, that's all I can see is him looking at those disciples and saying, peace. You know, um, and then uh, he, he says, go, and, go in peace. You know, peace be unto you is what we say in, in Jerusalem all the time in, 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 in Israel. Um, God does not like turmoil and confusion. He doesn't like that. What does he say about, well, I read it last week. There's six things God hates, but, but the seventh one is an abomination, one who sows discord. Hallelujah. We just replace these. So, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and distract. And there's been some distractions here today. But that does not distract God from his purpose. Just because we're distracted, God is still laser-focused. He's like, he, and I'm just sure he, he looks over at Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And it's like, dude, they get distracted so easily, especially Pastor Doug. You know. But we got a job to do, and we're going to do it. So if you could just go ahead and be able to play something. So today, if you were saying, Pastor Doug, you know, I need Jaira. You know, there's a song that we sing called Jaira. And it's, and, it's, and it's talking about the part of Jairus more than enough. He's a more than enough God. He just don't provide what you need. Sometimes he provides, he's always more than enough. Whatever you need, he's more than that. So Je Je Jehovah Jireh. And then maybe today you say, Jehovah Rapha, I'm sick. I need help. I need, I need prayer, what have you. You need deliverance from that. Or maybe you need a warrior. You're, you're fighting the battle and you want Jehovah Sabaoth to come and fight your battle for you. And you need him. Or maybe today you're here and you need Jehovah Shalom. The God of peace. The God of peace to come upon. 